Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Face-Offs and Fantasy Podcast. Just editing the podcast now, and it sounds like we had some technical difficulties with my microphone. Just want to apologize in advance, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Face-Offs and Fantasy Podcast with your two co-hosts, Sean and Marcus. Welcome back for episode number 19, Marcus. Almost at the big 2-0. Joe Sackick, Steve Iserman, number 19. What, you're going you're gonna to do Joe Thornton dirty like that, bro? He wears 97. Well, he was 19 for a long time. Long Team time. Canada, 97. That's fair. That's fair. All right, fine. I'll allow it. Joffrey Lupul, number 19. He was good when he played for us. He, yeah, was, he had a couple good seasons. He was good in Toronto. Low key. Sounds like a pretty crazy guy, though. <laughs> but uh, I mean that in the sense of like after hockey, <laughs> like yeah. enjoying enjoying his life. Yeah. <laughs> in that sense. How you been, Marcus? Pretty good. Pretty good. Got some big news on the Michael Shinny hockey front. So he didn't score a hat trick. He scored. Six goals. <laughs> what? <laughs> six goals in one game? Six goals in one game. Please tell me you had six assists. No. <laughs> <laughs> did you have seven goals at least to be able to rub it in? No, I, I did not get seven goals. Wow. I, I just have to ask, but like there was a goalie, right? Yeah, there was a goalie, but yeah, like some of the goals weren't. Mm. <laughs> hey, man, how many of us can say well, we scored? really trying, I'd say. But how, how many of us can say we scored six goals in a game? No, I've never scored six goals in a game. So, damn. Good job, Mike. Continuing to improve, clearly. For sure. How's the skating been? Skating's been good. Oh, man. There's one play. He just took off. He didn't have the puck. He's, like, rushing back on defense. He just seemed, like, start skating, like, really fast. And next thing you know, he's, like, red line to blue line to already back, back checking hard. Damn, bro. It was good, man. I was like, man. If he could do that with the puck, oh, Austin Matthews right there. Oh. <laughs> He's as tall as Austin Matthews. Yeah, that's true. That's really true, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're very similar weight. Yeah, probably. Well, Matthews looks a little a little thick, though. Okay, well. But, uh, I mean, Mike's not a skinny guy, so yeah, I guess, I guess that's probably true. Now we're just commenting on Michael's body, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> we love you, Michael. Yeah, we, we love your body, man. That may or may not be the first time some guys were talking about oh, your yeah, your your okay, physique and too much. <laughs> your physique and your build not not dropping any names or any particular <laughs> parties where that may or may not have happened yeah pretty pretty crazy man i was at the jays game last night the home opener and they show like the first day of the season they show like all the stats mm-hmm. man those guys are huge like they're all like <laughs> six two six three like 215 to 230 no pounds pants. bro george springer this guy's massive, man. Yeah. He's like 6'3", 220 pounds. And <laughs> then... Uh, right there. I know. That's Austin Matthews. But they did have somebody who was more reflective of my stature. Alejandro Kirk. Yeah. 5'8", and he's like 235 pounds. <laughs> okay, so you can play baseball then. <laughs> I was like, man, I used to be a catcher too. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'm also 5'8". Not quite 235, but... Uh, <laughs> Thank God kind of kind of starting to head in that direction you know uh but he's in much better shape than i is that gonna be your excuse now you're like 
I'm just trying to be a professional athlete. I'm putting on the weight so I can make the MLB. Bro. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. This is why when people say baseball players aren't athletes, they point to guys <laughs> like him. But you still don't understand how hard it is to play baseball. Like, hitting in baseball is one of the hardest things to do. You have these guys throwing 100 miles an hour, and they have, like, four different pitches. So it's like, oh, the first pitch is 98, and then the next pitch is 82 because it's a changeup. And you're like, oh, man, now I have to get set on this and try to get my timing down. And then they have movement. Oh, man. Some of these guys now with these pitches. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, crazy game. They're down 7 nothing. Come back and win the game 10-8. And all I can think the whole time I'm there is, Marcus Semyon's bank account's looking nice, but I guarantee you he wishes he was on the other side of the field. Oh, yeah, that's true, because he signed with the Rangers. He right? signed a big-ticket deal. He's making, like, 25 mil per season. Wow. But seeing the Jays and seeing how exciting it was, I bet you he's like, man, I should have just taken a discount and stayed. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's got he's to gotta take care of his family, right? Build up that generational wealth. I'd like to see any... I'd like to see any of you turn down a $25 million per season contract, okay? Yeah, I know yeah, I wouldn't. But I'm sure if you have the opportunity to win a championship, this is the Jason Spezza. <laughs> Not that he was going to get $25 million per season, but... Yeah, but Jason Spezza already made a ton of money. So... <laughs> yeah. And also Jason Spezza at like 38 or 39 is still making yeah. significantly more money than I ever will in my life. <laughs> Also, by the way, we are together in person, so that's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> you know what, Marks? We were just talking about the Jays. I feel like we also have to give props where prop is due, man. Like, right now, being a Canada fan, being a Toronto fan, things are going well. Oh, yeah. Things are going well. Team Canada, the men's soccer team, because we already know the women's soccer team is lit, but the men's soccer team have qualified for Qatar for the World Cup. Yes, they did. Pretty crazy. So first time in a long time, and uh, we're just hoping for a goal. Yeah, first time in, what was it, since 86. Yeah. Can't do the math right now, but. Well, I can tell you that's <laughs> still sooner than the last time the Maple Leafs won the, Ma the Stanley yes. Cup. Yes. That yeah. was, and in 86, that was Canada's first time that they qualified for the World Cup. And we scored zero goals, yes. which is why the goal this time is to score. It's to score a goal. But we're in a tough a tough division, eh? Yeah. Uh, group, Belgium, sorry. Croatia and Morocco. Yeah. Right? And I believe all three of them are actually ranked, ranked higher. higher than us. But Belgium must be top two. Something like that. I heard they were like they were like number one. Yeah, I think I think they were number one for the last Euro Cup. I'm not sure if there's been any changes, but yeah, some good teams. But it'll be so cool to watch Team Canada go up against like Belgium. That's uh that's pretty wicked. And uh and the Raptors too, man. I was gonna say they won. Fifth. They went on a, a hot streak, and they've avoided the playing round. So all of a sudden, Spicy P is heating up, and the team is playing really well. Man, this this rookie, eh? Oh, Scotty Barnes. Oh my. Oh good. Oh my gosh. So good. Everybody's talking about him, but yeah, to come into the league in your first year and and to be able to establish yourself in the way that he's established himself, it's pretty freaking crazy. Yeah, I mean, low-key, I'm going to admit it. When they picked him, I was, like, kind of disappointed because everybody was saying there's, like, definite top four players, and Barnes was, like, fifth. 
and then it was Suggs, I think, was the player that we could have gotten, but... They saw something in it, man. Yeah. The, the, I mean, that's but, why Masai Ujiri and Bobby <laughs> Webster are where they are, and us fans the, are just... <laughs> the time... For the, a reason. The time to question Masai Ujiri has long passed, Marcus. <laughs> Whatever this guy wants to do, I support 100%. Masai Ujiri is a god in the city of Toronto. He can do no wrong. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, well, right now, if the playoffs start today for the NBA, the Raptors will be facing the 76ers. Oh, baby. They got Joel Embiid, who's having an amazing season. As always. MVP season, but we're the Raptors. <laughs> it's kind of cool, too. Like, we're almost in an underdog role. I feel yeah. like it's it's been a couple seasons in that sense where we really had a good team and then when Kawhi was here too like you know we we were really front runners in that sense so it's kind of nice that we're the young scrappy team we had a slow start now we've crawled all the way back into the playoffs I don't think anybody wants to play the Raptors any of those top four teams because yeah especially with like Nick Nurse's defensive schemes and everything oh we're gonna be hard to play against yeah the defense has always been an incredible factor for us like even on those deep runs and then the season where we won in 2019 yeah the the team defense is incredible for the raptors but you know marcus as amazing as all these toronto teams are you know mistakes still happen and uh we have some corrections (laughs) that we need to make i like that transition (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you better than the mistakes (laughs) so first mistake we said sarah nurse is we said it was darnell nurse's sister Yes. But Sarah Nurse is actually his cousin. Yes. And not just Darnell Nurse, but Kia Nurse. So Kia Nurse and Darnell Nurse are siblings, and then Sarah Nurse is the cousin. Um, so apologies on that front. She was there at the Jays game last night. Oh, was she? Yeah, yeah. Nice. She threw out, or I don't know if she threw out one of the pitches, but there was, um, I think they had like 10 or something Olympians that they like oh, introduced cool. at the beginning of the game, and everyone gave them a standing ovation. Yeah. Uh, but she was there last night, so it was cool. Oh, that's cool. And then our second correction... Not really a correction, but I know when we were doing our uh, captain's quiz, Sean kept mentioning, you know, Ryan Suter and Zach Breeze, they aren't in <laughs> Minnesota. And I think this was said other times as well, but referring to that they were captains, they were never captains of the Minnesota Wild. Wearing the C. Yes. Because I believe they wore A's. Yes. So yes. they were captains, but they were not the captain. They were assistant captains. Assistant captains. <laughs> assistant but- to Yes. The captain. And that honor belongs to Miko Koivu. Yes. He was the captain for a very long time before Jared Spurgeon took over. That is correct. Oops. <laughs> My bad. That's okay. Nobody actually said explicitly that they were the captain, but it was mentioned as if they were a captain. I certainly implied it. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly implied it. So, hey, like I said, just because all these Toronto teams are amazing doesn't mean, you know, people don't make mistakes. So... <laughs> It is what it is. Well, all we've got is just Matthew scoring on the mind. We're going to talk about that later, but... Whew. Man, this guy. This guy is so good at hockey. As he said, he's a stud. <laughs> so good at hockey. But before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about management in the NHL. So a couple things happened. Uh, number one is Eugene Melnick actually passed away. So it seemed like a bit of a shock in terms of the hockey community, but I think reading into it a little more, I I think it was maybe obvious that there was some health issues happening and it wasn't something that came sudden in terms of the family, but definitely still a shocking 
for the league for Ottawa. I mean, you know, there's obviously a lot of controversy around the way that he ran the team. But, like, let's be honest, that team might not be in Ottawa today if it's not for Eugene Melnick buying the team and, and supporting the team. Even if there was threats of potentially leaving, he never actually did it, right? And so, yeah, it's uh, very sad to see that happen. And the other thing, too, is, you know, you look at a lot of these teams now, and a lot of them are, like, corporately owned, right? There's a lot of, like, mix or, like, partial owners and all that. It's not often that you have a guy like Eugene Melnick that just straight up owns the team. So you're kind of seeing that sort of phase out a little bit. So it's a little sad in that sense. (laughs) It is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. For some um, organization, it's like a billion dollars, right? I mean, yeah. You're not necessarily paying that much for them. Yeah. Well, even the Leafs, Maple Leafs Sports and Entertainment. Asset or a significant amount of money Yeah. it costs to run a team. Yeah. No, that's you for sure. be a billionaire if you're going to own a team. Yeah. So, I mean, at this how point. Much, how much did Seattle cost? Like $750 million? Uh, Yeah, because Vegas was $500 million, so $750 mil for. Next, next franchise, probably a billion bucks. <laughs> yeah to enter the league yeah. right and that's and just think- that's just a fee and then you have your own costs that you have to <laughs> account for right you need an arena you need like to pay your players it, it would be a lot cheaper you pay your taxes right arizona it'd be a, i was gonna say it would be a lot cheaper to just buy the arizona yeah. coyotes yeah. and move them yeah. um but yeah we'll see man we'll I see batman would probably want two teams though i don't think he wants to go 33 he'd probably want 34 that's that's what people said when we were at 30 and then we got a 31st team though that's true so and then he quickly added a, another one. 32nd that's true that's true we'll see what happens but i think you gotta like maybe make sure your other teams are doing well before you start getting extra teams yeah i hope the the, the arizona thing kind of like if they actually get approved for that arena in tempe hopefully they can build it relatively quickly and get fans there right but the fact that they've had a team this long means there's obviously hockey fans in Arizona. Right? I think it could be also that it's Gary Bettman's passion project and he will <laughs> not I think you even said this maybe off the podcast or on the podcast, but you're I think you told me you're like I don't think Arizona will leave until Gary Bettman's gone. If if Gary Bettman leaves. <laughs> if he ever yeah. goes away. I think he'll be there till he's at least hundred and twenty years old, That's maybe. True. 125 still see potentially these struggling arizona coyotes i mean obviously not we we want them to prosper as well yeah i mean look what having a team in arizona brought our beloved austin matthews oh gosh it's it's incredible but yeah i mean we'll see because the other thing too is you if you keep adding teams and somehow we end up uh, let's just say 40 teams there's only 82 games in a season they'll, they'll have to increase the amount of games you think so the NHL is a ticket-driven Well, I know, but I'm just wondering if they do something like the NFL, where you just straight up don't play certain teams in yeah. some seasons. And then when you play them, it's like a big deal because you didn't play them the year before. Yeah, yeah. Or instead of a home-and-home, home, you only play them once in a season. I because had a kind of schedule like that back in like the 90s. Yeah, because you, like, you can't only have two games against teams in your division. You have to, you have, to have enough games against the teams in your own division, right? Like, helpful for the players in terms of rest yeah yeah traveling it's tough that's why they say that like west coast um, yeah the road trip for the leafs is like always a tough one yeah going so far you're playing within very close together and you're playing those three tough teams at one point and even if you play for one of those teams then the rest of the travel is tough right 
Like if you're all the way out west, pretty much every time you play somebody, you're going pretty far. Just ask uh, Dadnov. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's one thing. Obviously sad, and, and we're waiting at this point to hear. Obviously there's an estate, and so we'll find out what happens with the Sens, like the actual franchise itself. Is it going to go to his family? Are they going to try to keep it? Are they going to try to run it as a family business? Um, or is it going to be sold? And if it's sold, who knows what happens, right? But for now, we have to wait and uh, and respect the fact that it takes time to figure things like these out. And for now, we're going to move on to Doug Wilson, Marcus. Yes. So Doug Wilson, the GM of the San Jose Sharks, is stepping down after 19 seasons. That's a long time, eh? Um, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I'm only 28 years old. so now, now, His tenure could technically now drink legally in Canada. <laughs> And in Canada. Yeah, uh, in Canada. Yeah. Not, it, you can't drink and drive, Marcus. Come on. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. sorry let, me, let me rephrase that. The, his tenure can drink in Canada, period, full stop, and drive in Canada. Would yes. be old enough if it was a child. To get a driver's license and also be old enough to legally drink alcohol. Yes. And yeah not at the same time all right uh but yeah no it's it's impressive i mean the run of success that they had was just unprecedented and you think about that you know like 10 consecutive years basically of being in the playoffs man that means every single draft your first round pick is like in the 20s right like it's just traded away to try and if you didn't trade it away so it's honestly just really impressive what was built up how long it lasted um, obviously players love living in San Jose. So that's also helpful where you can keep guys, you know, even thinking about like Thomas hurdle, like he's going to be 29, I think by the time next season starts and he just signed like another eight year deal. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm going to yeah. stay here. And you know, a lot of people might say, well, it's kind of a rebuild. Are you sure you want to be there? He's like, absolutely hundred percent. Where do I sign? Um, so yeah, congratulations to him for, Honestly, what was a very successful, like, 19 seasons. Obviously, nobody likes to end it on this note, but also that's why it's ending. If it was going really well, I'm sure he wouldn't be stepping down. So kind of a a double-edged sword in that sense. Yo, Marcus, tell me about this guy you have on your fantasy team here. Alexander Ovechkin. I think he plays left wing for... uh, Alexander Ovechkin does play left wing. For the uh, Florida Panthers? Oh, the other amazing player that I drafted. Mm Mm-hmm. Jonathan Huberto, he had a great week and is having a great run. He's on a career season. Obviously, he has scored the most assists by a left winger, and he is the first player to play for the Florida Panthers and score 100 points. So that's pretty impressive. Unfortunately, he did it against the Toronto Maple <laughs> Five for me. I mean, I still <laughs> five point night. <laughs> got some fantasy points out of it. Great for me. <laughs> and just to clarify, the most assists by a left winger. That's not for Florida Panthers history. That's Sorry. NHL. That is the NHL. That is a new NHL record. So yeah, he's going down in the history books as the highest scoring, at least for assists, left winger in the NHL. Passing Luke Robitaille. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. So congratulations to him. Huberdeau is an amazing player. And hopefully. Maybe not so much now. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, him and Barkov don't get enough attention. We've talked about this before on the podcast, so we don't need to repeat ourselves, but just crazy to see it happen. And uh, fingers crossed, Marcus, that Florida is just peaking early, you know? <laughs> Hopefully playoff time comes and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, we scored all these points and broke all these records. We can slow down now. Yeah. We can lose they to Toronto. Continue their run of, you know, not getting past the first round. Yeah. Similar to us. <laughs> we can lose to, to Toronto in the first round. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, at this rate, I don't know if we're going to play them in the first round. So fingers crossed. So they keep winning. So they're, they're top of our division. Yeah. And we're winning too, which is great. But, you know, we're keeping up with them, so that means we're we're in second. So we're not going to fall to fourth, and then Washington would have to pass us. Florida's ahead of Carolina. Yeah, so Wash- we'd also have to fall by six points, and Florida has a game in hand. Yeah, and then Washington would have to be seven. <laughs> Bro, taken. Be in eighth place. Taken, Florida's record is 50 wins, 15 losses, and six OT losses. They're 50 and 21. They have a 746 winning percentage. In the NHL, a 746 winning percentage. That's insane. The only other team I can think would be Colorado. They're at Colorado's at 761. <laughs> They're ahead of Florida. Oh my gosh. Florida has to play Toronto and Boston. And oh Tampa. my gosh. Florida has one more win. So that's why. But they've both played the same number of games. So. Yeah, that is true. Colorado has a quote-unquote easier division, but it's still a really strong division with Minnesota, St. Louis, Nashville, Dallas, all in that same division too. So, man, that is insane. <laughs> Did you see the gap here? Talking about our division being strong. But but it's, it's four really strong teams and four not-so-strong teams. So that's where maybe the parity is a bit laughable. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay is in fourth in the Atlantic division with 94 points and the team in fifth place, the Detroit Red Wings, 65 points. That is insane. How much of a drop off there is from fourth to fifth place in that division. Oh my gosh, man. That's, that's unbelievable. But you know, Marcus Huberto is not the only one smashing records. Yeah. Can we talk about the Leafs for a second here? I think we should just jump in the Leafs corner. <laughs> Welcome to the first of 25 corners. This is Leafs Corner on Face Austin Fantasy, the podcast. Yeah. Austin Matthews, you were watching the game because you were texting me. Yeah. Yeah. Matthews is really good at hockey. In fact, he's so good at hockey that even though the Maple Leafs franchise is over 100 years old, he has the record for the most goals in a season. Crazy. He yeah, passed Rick Vive who had 54 goals in a season. He scored 53 times. Consecutively, I think. Yeah. And now Matthews, he scored two against Dallas. So the first one was to pass. So he scored 55. And then he scored a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> OT winner to get his 56th. It was on purpose, right? Like the Leafs let Dallas tie oh, the game. Yeah. Just to give Matthews, to Matthews an goal. extra opportunity in overtime to score another goal. What was it? He had like 14 shots that game? He had like 10 shots. shots in the first 10 minutes. Or so. <laughs> he literally had 10 shots at the same time that the Dallas Stars had 10 shots as a team. That's insane. Yeah, Matthews. So the next step, Marcus, he has 49 goals in 49 games. So the next step is to score tonight against Montreal. Montreal. And that would be 50 goals in 50 games. 
in like the modern era, that is just insane to even say out loud. And then is he gonna score seventy? Never mind. <laughs> never mind sixty, bro. Is this guy gonna score seventy? So he scores two goals for they, the rest of the season. He'd be they, over seventy. They have eleven games left. He only needs sixteen goals. He doesn't need two goals a game. That's true. <laughs> if he scores eleven goals in eleven games, he just needs, you know, four games maybe. Yeah. With a double. Right? Five games maybe with Going a double. You know, doesn't have to be time. Maybe he'll put up like a four-goal game, like the very first game he ever played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Get a couple extra in there. Leafs are going to keep going to overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give him another chance. Just to give him a chance. Well, that's that's what they did to Florida too. They're yeah. like, you know, it's 5-1, but now we're not giving Matthews an opportunity to <laughs> score. So let's let Florida crawl back in here, and then maybe Matthews will like score another goal. He did not score a goal that game. No. He assists. No, that, that's okay. It's uh that was a that was one of the sloppiest <laughs> defensive games I've seen by both teams. I want to be clear about that. And also just taking dumb penalties. Like mm-hmm. both teams had too many men penalties. I'm just like Oh yeah, those are so bad. At crucial at crucial times. I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah, but right after the Brody breakaway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was they got confused cuz he was on a breakaway and then he went off and they're like, "Oh, forward or defenseman." And they both jumped on. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, that was that was bad. He, he had just come out of the penalty box. Not as bad as Radko Gudis's penalty kill goal. That was that was ridiculous. That was a power kill goal. That's what we're gonna call that on the power kill. Mitch Marner, three hundredth assist is the fastest Maple Leaf to achieve that feat in four hundred and eleven games. That's, I mean, I guess when you're passing the puck to Matthews, that helps too. <laughs> but let's be honest, man, he's been a magician of late. He's scoring penalty kill goals. He's scoring power play goals. He's got over 30 goals himself, right? We're talking about Matthews. Martin's doing great too. It's yeah. not like he's having a poor season. No. Everyone's talking about the, the slow start. Yeah, that's gone. The slow start is gone. He has a ridiculous number of points in a short span as well. So he's doing great. And uh, also, so are a lot of the other Maple Leafs. Colin Blackwell, Marcus, one of the guys we got in the trade from Seattle, scored his first goal as a leaf against boston and uh, that was that was your little joke there marcus about why is that funny (laughs) (laughs) i I guess i missed it but obviously against boston meaning they're playing nick felino who unfortunately did not score a goal as a toronto maple leaf (laughs) yeah yeah so you know and we we only gave up a second round pick not a first round pick so that's good oh yeah and then you know we also got Mark Giordano. Yeah. He also has a goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah. <laughs> that was a funny goal, too. Like, the deflection oh, stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been playing great, though, eh? Oh, yeah. He's been so good. He's really, like, stabilized the defense. Like, like the things he's doing, like, leadership-wise, and just, like, being able to teach the younger players, especially, like... Name them. Which younger player? Timothy Lilgren specifically, because he's been playing on his right side for a decent amount of the games. And he's really improved a lot, too. Unbelievable improvement from Timothy Lilligren, man. Just unbelievable. Stuff like basic stuff, like pinching in the offensive zone. I forget who it was against. I think it was against the Jets. But there was a play where the puck was on the left side. And all of a sudden, it wrapped around to the right. And you just see Lilligren jump up, go all the way up to the hash marks, and like 
check somebody, yeah. knock them over, grab the puck, and like recover it for the Leafs. I'm like, man, before Giordano was there, he would have been sagging. He already would have been at center ice. <laughs> like, it's incredible how much Giordano being there is just confidence. Yeah. Just confidence across the blue line. And, uh, you know, Muzzin's back now, too. Mm-hmm. So... Man, wasn't through a big hit last game. Did you see that hit where he came across the ice and just smoked the guy? Yeah. That was nice. I was like, ooh, all right. Because I was a little worried he's going to come back and after the head injuries and stuff that he might be a little more cautious. Jake Muzzin is Jake Muzzin yeah. is Jake Muzzin. So I guess we need we need that physicality in the playoffs. And now with Labushkin there too, he's also a big, strong guy. Bushkin has been really good. Like low key, a very good pickup. Bro, the other the other night he's like really just like yeah blossomed with Morgan Rogers. Oh. Have to do anything fancy. He's yep. a smart player. He'll chip it off the boards if it needs to. He'll try and make that pass. He's also just like being back there, allowing Morgan Riley to skate, do what he needs to do for offense. He honestly, and, and the other night I was watching and there was a play where he had the puck behind the net. Took a few steps out on the right side because he's a righty. And a guy on their team, like on the opposing team, kind of came down. You know those like fake checks where like they look like they're going to hit and then they just like kind of swipe with their stick? Yeah. Like he read it and he just kind of like forehand, backhand and just like the guy skated by. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and then he just, you know, forehand, backhand, went right kind of behind the net again and just waited for a better pass. But he actually has skill too. Like he's not just a big yeah, guy. Who, not like a Roman Polak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, um, which is really impressive. And even compared to Zach Bogosian, man, like Zach Bogosian didn't have those hands. No. Like, let's be honest, right? He he was he was good at the first outlet pass, which is nice, but just seeing Labushkin be able to think, yeah, make a couple stick handles and then make a better pass, I'm like, man, this guy's not just a big bruising guy who's just no. throwing the puck away at first look. This this lineup, man, Riley Labushkin, Muzzin playing with Brody, Giordano with Lilligren. That is a solid 6D. Sandine. I mean, he's injured right now, but you have Sandine, and you don't want to have to play Justin Hall, but Justin Hall can play. I mean, yeah. Still, he's not terrible. Yep. So, like, you have a pretty good defensive core now. I mean, Kyle Dubas, Loki, has put together a good core. I mean, and maybe it's not at the same caliber yeah. as Tampa or Boston or Florida, maybe, but it's still a, it's a definitely yeah. big improvement than last year. We haven't really mentioned Brody, but Brody's just been steady Eddie. Yeah. A great, smart defenseman. Yeah. He'll make the right play every time. He's very dependable. Breaking up those two-on-ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm very impressed. And like you said, the depth is there. So a couple seasons in a row, a couple injuries in the playoffs, and then we have difficulties on the back end. Yeah. Now, if there's an injury, you have Sandine to step in. You have, I personally think Hall is going to be the left like the next guy out, right? I think it's going to be Riley Labushkin, Muzzin Brody, and Giordano Lilligren. And I think even those guys, you could flip them around and stuff, but... You may see a haul over Lilligren. I don't know, man. I've, I'm really impressed. Lilligren was out the other game. I know. I'm just really impressed with the way Lilligren's been playing. But yeah, I think I think with Hall, they're trying to give him that opportunity and, and see how it works. And if they can get Hall back up and playing well with Muzzin again... Then all of a sudden, Giordano Brody together, who oh, yeah. played together in Calgary, like I, chemistry. I can see why they kind of want Hall to to step it up a bit. But honestly, man, Lilligren's been playing fantastic. It's hard to take out Lilligren with right? with Giordano. So I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I'm hopeful that that continues. But defense is also not the only thing that's been going fantastic for the Leafs. 
We're talking about depth on defense. How about depth on forwards, Marcus? Man, like, I know Matthews and Marner have been going off, and everybody knows that. So you look at the numbers, and it's insane. But some of these other guys, Kerfoot, Mikheyev, Angball, like, we're talking breakaway goals where these guys, you can see the confidence, man. They're just like, I'm going to score. Angvall freaking goes down on a breakaway, fakes glove side, shoots short side, and scores on Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> we're talking about Pierre Angvall, yeah. man. Like, so much confidence. Oh, my God. And Mikheyev, too. Yeah, so he's he's really turned it around, like, oh. the finishing. Remember at the beginning of the season, Sean, you're like, Mikheyev's done. He's <laughs> I know, you already said this before. And, and you correctly said, nah, man, he's good. Don't worry about it. He's good. Now, every time I get a text, Mikheyev is so fast. <laughs> man, and Angball, too. Oh, my gosh. Almost like 6'5", six, 6'4". Six, yeah, yeah. But the other night, uh, I forget who he was racing, but Engvall, like basically raced somebody. It might have been against Florida, one of like Hubert or, or Barkov or something where they were going down. It's like, oh, is it going to be a partial break? Nope, Engvall is super fast, yeah. so he just cut them off. I was like, oh, man, this is a deep team, man. This is a deep team. And with Colin Blackwell in there now playing yeah, as well as he's playing. That fourth line. Oh, man, that's uh, this is a heck of a team. I know we say it every year. I feel like every year it's like, oh, this team better last Dubis year. did everything he can. Honestly, this is the best team we've seen. I mean, the only thing that's maybe a question mark is the is the goaltending. But honestly, like Shogren's been playing great, and I personally think that Campbell played really well in the Florida game. I know they scored a lot of goals. I know maybe you could ask about a couple things, but he made some big saves in that game, like saves that other guys can't make like only a starting goaltender can make the type of saves Obviously, that he made came in cold he had played the night before that i feel like you know you can't knock him too much for that game yeah he, he's looking good though because he had that rough stretch and then he got injured and then they're like oh he needs some time to get back into it that's fine give him time yeah. make sure he's ready he's for the playoffs since he's come back obviously maybe the results aren't especially what you're expecting that like all-star caliber or before all yeah oh, those but, numbers were crazy <laughs> i mean i think he's like making the save when he needs to obviously i think the florida game is is a tough example because he just played the night before yeah it's tampa yeah very well also a very skilled offensive team and then you get thrown in cold yeah the top offensive team in the nhl yeah right? on home and ice we, we were watching that game right you saw it they Campbell got put in and then they kind of took over. They started just peppering him with shots and you saw the whole kind of their mentality shift and they knew that they can come back. They did it just the other day, I think against New Jersey or Montreal. New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Where they, four goal yeah, they <laughs> deficit. Four goals in the, in the last 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. And so they already had that kind of confidence and yeah, it, it kind of got away from the Leafs. I mean, they still battled. They scored a goal to, to tie it up. So it's yeah. not like they just gave up. And I think the OT could have went anyway, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. OT can always go anyway, yeah. but especially with those two teams and the talent that they have. Yeah. I mean, as a coach, you can see, I can see how the coaches at the end of the game are like, that was the worst game of the season. But as a fan, getting to see oh. 13 <laughs> goals in a game... I know Kevin's brother, he lives in Florida. He went to that game. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was there. So 13 goals is pretty amazing. I'm not sure if he was wearing a Florida jersey or a Toronto jersey, but crazy there a, game. There's a lot of Toronto fans. You could hear Always. the soup chants. Always. 
Yeah. The so go even. I, even against Tampa, you heard some chance. Yeah. And here's the thing, because we're talking about it as if it's a problem, right? The goaltending. Last year in the playoffs, Jack Campbell was one of, if not the best Toronto Maple Leaf. Like, let's be honest. He had an incredible playoffs against the Montreal Canadiens. He made some amazing saves and he had some great numbers. So everyone all season long likes to talk about the Leafs and, oh yeah, they're doing great, but let's wait until the playoffs. Well, why can't we use that same logic, but in reverse order? Okay, Campbell's having a bit of a tough stretch in the regular season, but he was amazing in the playoffs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So why don't we wait till the playoffs? And if he's amazing again, everyone can just shut up about it. (laughs) Because if he performs in the playoffs, who cares if he goes through a tough stretch in the regular season? Luckily, he plays for the second highest scoring team in the league. It doesn't matter most of the time. And you know what? That same logic to me is, is should be applied to William Nylander. People are talking about Willie this, Willie that, a little bit of laziness, a little bit of yeah. bat. You know what? Last year in the playoffs, who scored goals? Who showed up in the playoffs? So if you're going to make that argument that nothing in the regular season matters until the playoffs, then make that argument and use it all the way across the board. Because Campbell and Nylander were two of the best players for the Leafs in the playoffs last year. Let them do what they do in the regular season. If they show up again in the playoffs, I don't care what happens in the regular season with them. I just don't. Because if they perform in the playoffs, then that's all I care about. For sure. Can you tell we're Maple Leafs fans? (laughs) (laughs) Man, but I don't know. Like, I was even talking to Kevin about this, and he was saying how, oh, do the Leafs regret letting Freddie go? Because look at his numbers with Carolina. And I was like, maybe, but also... Every year in the playoffs with Freddie, he would have like one or two incredible games and then one or two just awful games. So if I'm talking about... He'd let in a weak goal and that's just so yeah. hard in the playoffs to, to start from like basically... In, in key games was the problem, right? Yeah. Like in game seven against Boston when you just can't let that happen. But At least don't show up in game sevens in general. <laughs> but this, this is that this is that mentality to me where I'm like, well, are you talking about this season only regular season Freddie versus regular season Campbell? I mean, Freddie's been pretty consistent from start to finish. But let's wait until the playoffs and ask me that same question. And honestly, even right now today, I still think that I would prefer Campbell as my goalie over Anderson, even though Anders having an incredible regular season, because we know the history of Anderson in the playoffs. And maybe that's bias. Maybe that's Maple Leafs bias. Maybe that's recency bias. I don't know. But all I can say is if Campbell performs the way he did last year in the playoffs this season, I don't care how he performs in the regular season. He could go 0-50 for all I care, as long as he shows up in the playoffs and wins games, because this team is good enough to win. I don't think the Leafs would make playoffs. Well, that's... (laughs) But this is the second highest scoring team, so you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, just ask Berrios last night, the starting pitcher for the Blue Jays. He got pulled in the first inning, but guess what? He still has a 0-0 record. He did not go 0-1. Okay, because ERA though. Because the Jays still pulled off the win for him. Same thing with the Maple Leafs here. Anyways, that's my rant. I just think everyone makes this argument about oh, wait till the playoffs, wait till the playoffs. Okay, then stop friggin' judging guys who aren't performing right now because those same guys performed in the playoffs for you. So yeah, let's wait until the playoffs. And if they show up, then basically shut up. Yeah. <laughs> show up and shut up. Show up, shut up. All right, there you go. They don't show up, though. There you go, Campbell. There you go, Willie. You got my backing, yeah. okay? I believe in you guys. 
You guys played well in the playoffs. Let's see you do it again this year. All right. That's all I care about. So needless to say, Sean, I would say right now is must watch Maple Leaf hockey. And that's kind of why we haven't recorded. <laughs> because in Tampa, we had Florida, and then we had Dallas this week. And so it's and Boston oh, and yeah, Boston, Boston before that. And then we got Montreal tonight. So who knows when this podcast is going to come out. But needless to say, we're watching the Leafs games because I also want to see Matthew score 60, you know, 70 <laughs> and Marner hit 100, points. 70. <laughs> Yeah, Matthew scores 70. 70 goals. <laughs> so, needless to say, the Leafs are must-watch hockey. Yeah. Every time. You you want to record tonight? Uh, mm, <laughs> Leafs are playing Boston. Uh, <laughs> Leafs are playing Tampa. Uh, Leafs are playing Florida. Yeah, this is, this is awesome. But, Marcus, also must-watch, but in this case, must-listen, is the next corner the of next the podcast. <laughs> the quiz. 25-corner room. The quiz corner quiz is, corner. is must-listen to as well. So I have a question for you, Marcus. I actually have two prepped. So I need you to tell me which one you want to do. And here's all I'm going to say. One of them is specifically Toronto Maple Leaf related, and one of them is NHL related. So all of the teams. Let's go NHL. NHL related? So I have my own separate question for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know if I'm going to ask it for you today, but I have a question. But just in case. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're going to have to think about this. Okay. Okay. But I want you from the season of 2000 all the way until 2023, the future. I want you the number one overall draft pick. Oh, God, I guessed it. (laughs) (laughs) And I have them all right here. All right. And I also have beside their name what team drafted them. And I would like you to include that in your draft selection. Unfortunately, you won't be able to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Because if you're like, oh, was this person second or third? I don't know. The only thing I have in front of me is the number one picks from 2000 until 2023. That's a joke, obviously. (laughs) But we're talking about who the next draft picks are going to be. So, uh, yeah, Marcus. 23 would be some guy named Connor Bedard. (laughs) I have that written down. So that is correct. Whoever's in last place, I don't know yet. Yes. And what about 22? 22 is Shane Wright. Supposedly, allegedly, I do have Shane Wright written down here as well montreal this is gonna be new jersey that's gonna be the new york islanders because they can win it (laughs) against sean's will against my will yes that is possible that'd be pretty crazy for them because they need some goal scoring so yeah there you go still figure out a way to make them play defense and not score anything matthew barzal style yeah okay marcus you're deflecting i know you're procrastinating (laughs) you probably don't even know which players were in which years if you give me names, I can tell you years. Okay, That's okay. fair. So, oh, so just so, start maybe naming first overall picks, and then I can like cross them off the list. Is that oh. is that fair? Two thousand. That would be Ilya Kovalchuk for the Atlanta Thrashers. That is the two thousand and one season, Marcus. Oh. Yeah. Great start. Great start. No, that's a fantastic start. <laughs> um, In all seriousness, that's a great start. Do you want a hint for the two thousand one? No. It, it will really help you. Just tell me if you do. No, nah, it's okay. I'm gonna keep kind of going okay okay who else we got well patrick stefan i swear it was 1999 yeah he's not on this list he was was, the season before the person that i have at 2000 yeah atlanta thrashers that is correct uh yeah was he yeah yeah i thought he was wasn't he drafted to ottawa no oh not not patrick stefan no oh who am i thinking of alexander dig 
Yeah, yeah. Who's four, bro? <laughs> no, who's really? Jason Spezza. No, Spezza was second overall, yeah, but he also good. wasn't drafted by the Sens. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm now making oh, this more 2000. difficult. Two thousand. Okay, well. What about after Kovalchuk? What about two thousand two? Two thousand two. I want to say it's a Johnson. Is it Jack Johnson? Eric. Uh, Eric Johnson. Eric. Was a first overall pick in the year 2006. Oh, wow. I'm terrible at this. That's okay. No, 2003, I know, is Marc-Andre Fleury. That is correct, which means 04 is... Alexander Ovechkin. And 05 would be... Sidney Crosby. Exactly. And then it's... In Pittsburgh, obviously. And then it's Eric Johnson after that. Eric Johnson, okay. Do you know what team he was drafted by? Because it actually wasn't Colorado. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, It's either... I think it's St. Louis. That is correct, Marcus. That is correct. So you've got 01, 03, 04, 05, 06, which is awesome. For 2000, 2002, I can give you hints. I can either tell you what team drafted them. I'll, I'll get there. Or like what position they play. I'll get there. Okay. Here's the next run. I feel like you'll be good with the next run, even if like the years are slightly off. Thinking about like the next run of first overall picks. These are all guys who still play, right? Well, there's, I can't think of 07, but there's John Tavares for... The Islanders. Tavares was 09. 09, yeah. And then there's Steven Stamkos for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was 08, yeah. That's my year. Yep. I should know this stuff. <laughs> you know who it is. It's all right. The pressure from the quiz corner, you know? I know. There's there's also <laughs> Nathan in it. There's people yelling into their cars right now as they're listening to this. Jumping all over the place. How do you not know? Yeah. Uh, Nathan McKinnon was a first overall pick in 2013. That is correct. Then there's, there's Austin Matthews, obviously. Austin Matthews. 16. 2016, that's correct. Oh, man, nothing. Okay, there's the Edmonton stretch. Yes, there is the Edmonton stretch. <laughs> I about them, because some of them aren't in the league. Yep. Uh, there's Nail Yakupov. Yep. There is Taylor Hall. Yep. There is... So Taylor Hall was 2010. Nail Yakupov was 2012. There's somebody in between them. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. R&H, that is correct. Nuge. Also, Connor McDavid. And then Connor McDavid in uh, the year before Matthews. 2015. 2015. They had four first overall picks in six years. I know. They they needed a defenseman. They didn't get him. Yeah. A.K.A. Aaron Ekblad for Florida. That is correct. In 2014, yeah. right before McDavid. So now you have Taylor Hall, 2010, 2011, is R&H. 2012 was Yakupov, 2013 McKinnon, 2014 Ekblad, 2015 McDavid, 2016 Matthews. So you've gone from 08 now all the way to 16. Nice. There's Nico Heischer for the New Jersey Devils. He was right after Matthews, so that was 2017. Oh, yeah, I guess there's that stretch right now. There's Lafreniere. Lafreniere was taken in 2020. Yeah, and then there's Jack Hughes as well. Jack Hughes was taken in 2019. So 17's Heischer. Blank, 2019 Hughes, 2020 Lafreniere, who was taken in that blank spot, Marcus. In Owen Power, Buffalo. Owen Power in 2021, so after Lafreniere, a defenseman for Buffalo. Yes. <laughs> is Rasmus Dahlin, who's R- on my fantasy team. <laughs> Rasmus Dahlin is the one who is between Heischer and Hughes. So the Devils had two first overall picks in three years. So now you have from 08 all the way through until... Uh, the end of 2023. So So you're only missing 2000, 2002, and 2007. Those are the only three. Man, that's... Well, 2000 is um, 
Isn't it Rick DiPietro? It is, Marcus. Yeah, okay, for the Islanders, yeah, okay. Yes, goaltender yes. Rick DiPietro. <laughs> that is correct. All right, so. So 2002, so after Kovalchuk, but before Fleury. And then 2007 is after Eric Johnson, but before Steven Stamkos. I'm honestly really impressed <laughs> at how you've done so far, though. I feel like these are not... I'm, I'm going to insult them if they were. <laughs> they are like high-caliber players, but I don't... One one played for Team Canada, one played for Team USA. They are both forwards. Oh, there's Patrick Kane. Patty Kane in 2007. Yeah, that is correct. Like, <laughs> not high-caliber. No, yeah, yeah. high-caliber. Just the uh, three Stanley Cups, uh, you know, incredibly okay. high-talented player. Played for Team USA. Okay, so the tough one is 2002. Yeah. 20 if, years ago. If I tell you the team, I think you'll get it. So tell me if you want that hint. Just give me a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get this. He was a captain of that team for a while. 2002, the only person that's coming to mind, I know they went, I think they went second, but I think they may have went second in 2003. So this was, I'm thinking like Eric Stahl, but... It is, that list, so it is not Eric Stahl, Marcus. I know it's not Eric Stahl. I know it's not Eric Stahl. I know for a fact. But Eric like Stahl. Eric Stahl, I already mentioned this person did play for Team Canada. So Team Canada, they were a captain. Not of Team Canada. Not of Team Canada, but a captain of the NHL team they played for. And uh, also a forward. So there's, there's your three hints. Played for Team Canada, a forward, and was a captain of the NHL team that they This is like were. yelling at my face. I should have <laughs> I'm curious to know how many people listening know this. They, they're like, oh, yeah, that's easy. It's uh, what's-his-face. What's-his-face? What's-his-face. Okay, hold on. I got to go through this because I can't. Nothing's coming through my mind right now. DiPietro, Kovalchuk, Blank, Flurry, Ovechkin. Man, taken in, in that four-year stretch, there was two goalies taken first yeah. overall. That never happens. Carey Price was drafted third overall. Oh, I thought he was fifth. Okay. Yeah, third? No, you, you might be right. No, I'm not sure. He was definitely top five, though. Yeah. But, yeah, Fleury was the last goalie taken first overall, and that was 2003. I know. That's literally like almost 20 years ago. Never going to happen again. Yeah. It could. <laughs> the way they develop now, I don't know. Like, a first... Look at Vasilevsky, who's probably going to be a Hall of Fame goaltender. He's uh, in the first round, but... Yeah, yeah. I'm just stalling now. It is not Eric Stahl. We did establish that. <laughs> it's a stall in joke. Um, what else can I tell you without telling you the team? I can tell you that like later, like they were played for the team. Oh, come on. It's right there in my face. Rick Nash, baby. Rick Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Nash in 2002 for which team, Marcus? Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus Blue Jackets. And he was the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets for a number of years. Well, not, he retired a couple seasons ago, but I think he was honored recently. He was. Yeah. Yeah, my next thing was going to be, like, later in his career, he was traded to a couple different teams. I don't know if it was a couple. He played for Boston. Played for Boston, but I think his he was his big trade was to the Rangers. Right, right. Yeah, so a couple different teams near the end. That was impressive, Marcus. Very impressive. You got first overall picks from the year 2000 all the way through past this season <laughs> for the next two drafts. So now the only thing I have left to ask then is, who is Shane Wright going to? And who is Connor Bedard going to? <laughs> With your lottery system, Marcus, could be anyone. Uh, yeah, exactly. It could be. Could be anyone, bro. <laughs> Literally anybody. So, I mean, who who is the front runners right now? It's like there's Montreal, there's Arizona. Don't forget about your beloved Seattle, Kraken, Seattle Kraken and my beloved Chicago Blackhawks. Kind of cool. 
yeah, so Arizona, Montreal, Seattle, New Jersey, Philadelphia. I forgot how bad Philly's doing this year. Ottawa, Chicago, and then Buffalo, Detroit. And then, yeah, I guess it would be like all the way up to, is it 16 teams that get into the playoffs? Yeah. No, I mean uh, into the draft, the lottery. So I think it's everybody who doesn't make the playoffs. So that means Vegas. Yeah, right. He <laughs> could get the first <laughs> overall pick. Yeah, like the bottom five teams are Arizona, Montreal, Seattle, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. And Ottawa and Chicago are only one and two points ahead of uh, Philadelphia. So, yeah, and I think like Arizona's what guaranteed at least a top four pick because it's the top. Yeah, the teams can move into. That's correct. After that, it doesn't matter. That's correct. Although they're only two points behind Montreal, so. Montreal or Seattle could drop into the last place I don't know, spot too. Toronto tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You Arizona, come on, we're we're gonna do you a favor and right. beat Montreal tonight. <laughs> Matthews is gonna score his 60th goal tonight. He's gonna have a, a four goal game against four Montreal. Goal game. Four goal game against Montreal. Still go to overtime. <laughs> That's all right. Hat trick in regulation and then overtime winner. That is true. Yeah, I really like that quiz, Sean. That was a, a fun one. I was considering asking you that before. That kind of popped in my mind, but I'm like, well, that would be tough for Sean. Sean's going to complain about that. I don't remember <laughs> what happened in 2000. You know, people are so old. Honestly, like, probably pre-Flurry, I would have had a tough time. But I think, like, Flurry onward. I had a tough time pre-Flurry, too. I know, but <laughs> that's what I mean. You you knew those ones a bit better than me. But I feel like for, like, most of them I could have gotten. From like flurry onward down. When when you think about it, you sit down and you think about it, yeah, it'll be like, yeah, it'll be all these people are first overall picks. That makes sense. Yeah. Man, it's too bad Spezza wasn't first overall. Because if he was, then it would be Spezza, Matthews, and Tavares. All on the same team as. And then even Thornton. Oh, yeah, when right. Joe Thornton was here. 97. Right. So, so last year they had three first overall picks on the team. Do you know what the record is? Probably Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess they would have had four. Uh, yeah. Was Yakpov there still when McDavid was there? Oh, no. Because Yakpov... No, 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 Yakpov was gone. Yeah, so then it, it would have only been three. Yeah. Unless there was oh, anybody else sure. that they had on the team. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be curious to know that. The team with the most first overall First overall draft, draft, picks. draft picks, yeah. That'd be interesting. But, Marcus, what we're going to do now instead is I'm going to talk about you a little bit. You're just going to sit there. You're going to blush. Okay. You're going you're gonna to play it cool. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm pretty modest. Curr- it. <laughs> Currently, we are talking about our fantasy corner. Fantasy corner. So moving on to fantasy corner. Uh, we are currently in the semifinals in our league. And today is Saturday as we're talking. So only Saturday and Sunday are left in the semifinals. And as of right now, Marcus has a pretty big lead in the semifinals. He's up 9-3. to three. And a lot of the categories he's winning, he's he's winning pretty handily. So hopefully the next time we talk to you, we're talking about how Marcus is in the finals. <laughs> but uh, if not, it would be a pretty massive comeback for Bubba. So we'll we'll see what happens. But as of right now, Marcus certainly looks like he is he's in the lead. And you know, I had I had Huberto this week. So <laughs> yeah, that that is Holmes a- having a big week, four goals. <laughs> Man, for goals specifically, you're up fifteen to three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of goals. Lindholm, Horvat. Yeah, even Horvat. Horvat had two goals, one assist in like the first period. Yeah. Against so, uh, Arizona the other night. 
Man, that was a good. Did you draft him? Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. that's a good pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. He's uh he's doing very well. So yeah, Marks is doing great. I don't know how the rest of you were doing in fantasy in the playoffs. Personally, I made the playoffs, which that is surprising. Which is pretty <laughs> surprising. You sold everything. <laughs> I sold my Twice team. Twice over. Twice over. Yeah, there, I had a couple of different fire sales, especially right at the trade deadline. I uh, I've I've set myself up for next season. I have five third round picks out of ten. I have two second round picks and two fifth round picks. So likely team before I even pick my fifth player. (laughs) Yeah. Likely, likely I'll have a pretty good team next season. It was impressive that I still made the playoffs because we have 10 teams in our league and only top six make it. So I actually squeaked in to the sixth place spot and I, I played Bubba actually who Marcus is playing right now in that first week. It's pretty close. (laughs) Yeah. Like I messaged you on the Sunday or the Saturday and I was like, man, you're right there. You're a lot of the categories are close. Yeah. That's kind of what you want to aim for. Cause if you leave, one or two pickups till the end of the week and you can just get those you know quick players that can like give you that extra push you could like potentially win right if it's yeah. especially if you're really close i uh i got screwed over by sorokin was my problem because i only have two goalies yeah so i actually used two out of three ads oh. just on goaltenders because yeah. i literally did not have three starts yeah um, so yeah, I had Forsbrook to start the week and then I had to like drop him and pick up somebody. And then I had to drop that person and pick up somebody as well. So Sorokin's back this week and he's been playing well this week. Uh, but it would have been nice to have him cause then I could have added and dropped some other guys. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is with my team, I didn't just stock draft picks. I'm also have a team full of keepers. Mm-hmm. So I also didn't want to really drop anybody. Uh, because I didn't want to lose out on any of those keepers or make sure that nobody else gets them. So this week during the semis, even though I'm not playing, I picked up Cal Peterson from the LA Kings because he's had a great second half of the season, and I actually drafted him, which means he's eligible to be a keeper, and I didn't want anybody to like, oh, I'm out of the playoffs now. I'm just going to sift through the free agent pool and pick up guys who are keepers. So I literally just picked him up. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to keep him on my bench. And uh, this way, nobody can go and grab him and keep him for like a late round pick and see if he turns out good next year. Um, So that's part of my strategies. I have too many keepers, but I'm keeping them on purpose so that other people can't. And then they'll reset next year. So somebody like Jason Robertson, for example, is a pretty late round pick. I don't think I'm going to be able to keep him, but I don't want anybody else to keep him for like a 14th round pick. And then the next season, a 13th round pick, and then so on and so forth. So I'm literally just going to keep him on my team. And then next year, somebody will have to redraft him. And then we'll see what round he's drafted in next year. Um, so that's where I'm at personally. And uh, we know where Marcus is at too. So I have a question for you though, Marcus. Because I'm thinking about next year. I'm not. Personally. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <win> now. <laughs> I'm thinking about next year. Although I didn't make any trades. So. Yeah. I don't think John did either. Oh, he made one with me. He made one trade for Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. But yeah, you and John. Brady, because I am Matthew. Oh, sorry. Yes, Brady Kachuk. My mistake. Because you and him are right now, it looks like, on a on a collision course. Yeah. Oh, no. My mistake. Sorry, Kyle, for disrespecting you. <laughs> it looks like Kyle made a comeback, actually. He's up 7-4 now. So you and Kyle. But Kyle sold the farm. Yeah. So it's, it's curious for me, too, just to see the strategies play out as well. Because my concern was if you and John made the finals... Then everyone's be like, oh, why should I bother trading? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. So even though we're partners here on this podcast, I'm kind of hoping that 
Kyle or Bubba wins. Because then as the commissioner of the league, it pushes people to be like, oh, these guys went all in with all these trades and look how they got rewarded for it. Uh, whereas if Marcus wins and made zero trades, everyone in my league is going to be like, why the heck am I bothering trading any of these players? So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Because I'm I make smart pickups, man. Is that my fault? Then <laughs> nope, nope, not at all. I think part of that too, and I think that'll change next year. But a lot of guys in our league didn't drop players for a long time. Like there was people who didn't want to drop players because they're like, oh, if they bounce back, or oh, if they turn around, or oh, if yeah. they, like that I was mean, my, even I did that. That was my problem yeah. for the first half of the season, where if I had just basically dropped all four of my defensemen because they were all busts. Well, you dropped Dowdy, and I picked him up, and then... And now he's injured again. Well, yeah, that's fine. He still, like, served his purpose. But... I, I wish I had him now, because my defense are garbage. Yeah. But anyways, if I had done that earlier in the season, then maybe I could have kept afloat. And then, as it turns out, I made the playoffs anyway. Yeah. So, if I kept Panarin, if I kept Gensel, if I kept Kachuk, if I kept Marner, <laughs> and then even my goaltending. Like, if I kept Swayman, if I was a little more careful, if I kept Saros, for example... Might have, might have had a serious See, serious I chance. Off. I was like, or I didn't sell. I just dropped him. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it is what it is. But my question for you, Marcus, is thinking about next year. So, talking to your lessers, because you're obviously a have, and we are have-nots. <laughs> you are still in the playoffs and doing well and flourishing in the playoffs. John, you, all, you have a lot of good draft picks. <laughs> I am now looking at, I have a lot of draft picks, but because I finished sixth now, Marcus, that means I'm going to get fifth overall pick in the draft. 10th place will get first, 9th place will get second, 8th place will get third, 7th place will get fourth, and then because I finished sixth, I will get the fifth overall pick. I want to know. Well, that's nice. You're like literally in the middle of every draft. Of every single one. Of every round, sorry. Yeah. Well, except the third round where I have half the picks. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is Austin Matthews going to be available at the fifth overall pick? No. You don't think so? Not especially in our league. You are so confident in that, Marcus. Who is top five then? It doesn't matter because people will overpick for Matthews just because, you know, you're a Toronto fan. You think so? I think so. I think people or like, you know, you tend to draft kind of your home team, your favorite team players, especially if it's like a toss up, right? He went seventh overall this year in our draft. But here's but a 60 goal season. But here's my question, though, Marcus. Do you take him ahead of Connor McDavid in fantasy hockey? No. Do you take him ahead of Leon Dreisaitl in fantasy hockey? No. McKinnon has been injured for a lot of the season. If he played the entire 82 games, do you take him ahead of McKinnon in fantasy hockey? No. That's three players already. There's only like one more yeah, slot yeah, yeah. before the fifth pick. And this is where to me, I'm like, what if the same logic you just said? What if somebody picks Vasilevsky? Vasilevsky fourth either. overall you could still make an argument for Sidney Crosby and you can still make an argument for Alex Ovechkin what about Nikita Kucherov what about taking yeah, a probably take him over Kucherov what about taking a winger instead of a center because we know that there's good centers later in the draft you know what I mean like this is where to me because it's specifically fantasy hockey and there are so many good centers and that's the other thing too is what about keepers this year I think a lot of guys in our league are already going to have at least one center. Yeah. If you take a second center in the first round. Are you saying you wouldn't take Austin Matthews at fifth? I'm saying I probably would. Yeah. But I'm just curious to see what happens. 
because I don't think it's as cut and dry as you're making it sound. Like when I asked you that question, your immediate response, no hesitation was no, he will not be available at the fifth overall pick. That's true. But we both just agreed McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, probably top three. So the no he won't be is only if the fourth person takes Matthews. Otherwise, he's available at five. So that's why. There's a chance. I guess it depends on the drafting strategy. But at the same time, I think based on this season and going into next season, you're going to be like, well, this guy has just been going off. He went off last season even. And he's continued that trend and improved it. Yeah. And he's like getting a lot of assists. I don't want. It's not like he's just scoring. Yeah. And I don't want to put a a hundred point season. I don't want to put a damper on this because I'm enjoying this. I really am. And I'm watching a lot of games. Like I'm following it. No, but, but here's my question for you, Marcus. Is this pace sustainable? Like 50 goals in 50 games. Maybe not, but like still good for probably like 40 something goals. Yeah. Right. But I just mean like, because of the historic season he's having this year, is he going to be overvalued yeah right Obviously and that's now that i'm talking we're we're on the verge of him <laughs> potentially scoring 50 and 50 like you said you know, yeah he's gonna have a 60 goal season hopefully maybe even 70 like we're 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 hoping man if he scores 70 goals he's going first overall <laughs> he's going first overall 100 percent. i mean and it also depends on who's drafting because two years ago marcus uh, yeah connor <laughs> mcdavid went third overall i got Connor mcdavid third overall that just shows how strong our league is yeah well that's why we've been going since when 2013 i think there's only three names on the trophy trophy. (laughs) me you and kyle and you and kyle looks like are gonna play in the finals (laughs) if this if semis ended right now so that's why we introduced though the keeper aspect to it because we were hoping that shaking up the league a little bit would also shake up potentially the standings. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I'll let the two of you duke it out this year. And then next year, next I'll year. come back yeah. and I'll have a strong team. And then we'll see what Kyle happens. Kyle sold the house. I mean, I'll probably still be. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be there. You'll be there. Kyle sold the house. I mean, so no. this year, you have to be Kyle. And then next year, you'll have to beat me. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, get some injury shot, shot selling it all again. <laughs> Sorokin's out for the semis. Uh-oh. Yeah. But my next question, this is my last question. I haven't seen in a while, really, a defenseman go in the top round of fantasy drafts. Do you think next year is the year? And if so, who do you think goes in the first round as a defenseman in fantasy? There's like two that come to mind. There's the amazing... Kale McCarr. Yep. Got like 25 goals this season. Yep. And there's also Roman Yossi is having an amazing season. I don't know how many points he's at right now. He's over 80. He's at like 85. Yeah. I think those are the two defensemen that come to mind. What about uh, Adam Fox? Adam Fox. What about Victor Hedman? They're they're also very good too. To me, uh, I'm just talking recency bias. Yeah, recency bias. But to me, like the young guys, like I think Fox and Makar could go in the first round. I think if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Makar. Roman Yossi, 19 goals, 68 assists. <laughs> he, had, 
Oh my gosh. He's going to get 100 points as a defenseman. Yeah, that's what... I, I heard that question proposed on like one of the... Uh, yeah, periods. like he's there, man. So he's at 87, Makar's at 77, Fox is at 67, and Hedman's at 67. Fifth place, Morgan Rally. No big goal. No big deal. Dallas. No no big deal. Yeah. Um man, remember the McCarr versus Hughes debate? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not slating Hughes. He's a fantastic no, player. Fifty three points for Hughes, seventy seven points for McCarr. I'm also curious to know games played between uh Yossi and McCarr. Because I know McCarr missed some time as well. But yeah, I, I think maybe next year might be the year. I think maybe Especially in the way that our draft is set up, mm-hmm. guys who are at the end, seventh, eighth, ninth, and when I say that, I mean potentially like picking later in rounds. I'm thinking somebody like Bubba yeah. or Kyle, depending on where they finish, but they're probably going to finish top four because they're they're both in the semis. Did they trade their first though? Uh, Bubba did. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. But let's say you Kyle. For let's say Kyle, for example. Yeah. Right. If I'm thinking about next season. And I'm thinking about how I'm going to restock the cupboards. Having a car to trade at the trade deadline versus having a forward mm-hmm. where a lot of guys have good forwards already. Yeah. I wonder if drafting McCarr late in the first round gives you more of a, a chance to collect like multiple draft picks yeah. at the deadline. I mean, I got a third and a fifth for Adam Fox. That's and I, I only had him for like two hours. But then you're saying he's potentially a first round defenseman yeah see i don't think so i i didn't pay what you asked for yeah no that's fair no no that's fair i mean i only paid a third or what i kind of categorize defenseman for is hits and blocks blocks, right it's a different mentality get a defenseman that can put up the shots hits and blocks and then also the points then you're golden yeah like that that's when you could consider or really consider drafting a defenseman that first round yeah no, that's fair. Like an Ovechkin, right? Ovechkin doesn't get you the face-offs, but he gets you those hits. Yes. Plus the shots, and then he scores. Yeah. You look at Mitch Marner, he scores points, but he doesn't get you the hits and the shot blocks as much. Yeah. So that's probably the difference between him going in first round, first round versus second round or third round. Yeah. How many teams. And a lot of people listening to this might be confused because a lot of people just do points leagues yeah. where it's literally just yeah. points that's and that's true. it. So, I guess yeah. I'm thinking from our... Our league's perspective. Our league's perspective yeah. yeah. It's good insight, though. Maybe the guys in our league who have not hoisted the trophy should actually listen to this <laughs> to better understand we should, we should promote it more. How, listen to our podcast. how you are able to, year in and year out, be challenging for the championship. So. <laughs> That's what you look for, right? You look for players that not only put up similar points to other players, but also you look for that extra category. If somebody can get you, they get you that many. Brady Kachuk. Yeah. You get you those pims. Brady Kachuk. Those hits, right? That's just like an extra thing that that's why they're ranked higher. Absolutely. That's why you look at the X rank. I think it's the X rank, right? Yeah, one of them's the regular rank, one of them's the X rank. Because it's based on your fantasy. Yeah, you're supposed to do the one that's that's based on your fantasy league. And that's why a guy like JT Miller, for example, is always so good in our league. Every year this guy's like usually top 20 because he gets so many categories. Yep hits pims face-offs and then obviously he scores a lot of points man remember when people are like oh i can't believe uh they gave up a first round pick for jt miller (laughs) i feel like he's easily worth a first round pick when you consider that hegel was worth two first round picks (laughs) 
but yeah. Yeah. For a cap strap team. Yeah. It's very important to them specifically. So I understand it. Anyways, Marcus, thank you very much for some good conversation. And interesting to see where Matthews falls to or rises to. We're gonna we're gonna do some mock drafts. We're gonna do some mock drafts, don't worry. We're gonna do some mock drafts to figure things out and we'll do it. We should do it near the end of the season, like after fantasy playoffs are done. Yeah. So that way it's like we actually have recency bias of like, oh, based on the way this season went, where would people be drafted? Uh, Because the next thing we're going to talk about is obviously not this episode, but the next thing we're going to be talking about is free agents. Because drafting guys based on where they play currently versus drafting guys where they end up playing, (laughs) Nazim Kadri. if he ends up on Philadelphia, then I don't know if I'm drafting him super high versus if he's playing for Colorado. And so, yeah, those are those are important distinctions to make. So we'll we'll have those conversations about free agents. We'll have some mock drafts, and we'll uh, keep the ball rolling. But let us know what you think. If you think that Matthew should be the fourth overall pick, or if Will you think Sean get Matthews, let us know if you think Sean's gonna get Matthews at fifth. <laughs> Am I gonna get him fifth overall? Am I going to? So, anyways, thank you very much. Great pod, Marcus. Great talking to you in person, as always. Hundred percent. Bye.